and it turns out that the woman was this massive, horrible sea serpent. Welcome to the Rock Paper Shotgun Electronic Wireless Show. I'm Brendan. I'm joined this week, episode 40, uh, on the 11th of April. I'm joined this week by John Walker. Hello. And Catherine Byrne. Hello. No, Catherine Castle. <laughs> Hello. Catherine Castle. <laughs> How are you guys doing? Good. What's the... Have you... Have your brain switched to castle yet? Um, it, It's a bit weird, especially when sort of I get packages in the post or you know i'm sending stuff back and it's just sort of like yep burn yeah it's fine yep that's or you know or they i have to sign my name i kind of haven't really figured out my signature yet so i have to keep signing my name in my my old one (laughs) my wife decided she wants to change her name so she before we got married she was practicing her new signature (laughs) like a kid in the textbook at school yeah but it's weird though because when when you sign the marriage certificate you have to do it in your old name you don't do it in your new name So I didn't have to sign it in. I didn't have to really kind of come up with a new signature. I was just sort of, yeah, they just said, oh, yeah, that's fine. Just sign it in your old name. Weird. (laughs) My mum decided not to change her name. So she has the opposite problem as you, Catherine, where she gets mail (laughs) to Mrs. Caldwell. Oh, yeah. (laughs) And she's just furious about it. (laughs) Damn the patriarchy, she says, as she throws the post out the window. (laughs) What are we talking about this week? We're talking about... Uh, well, last week we talked about good games with terrible stories. So we flipped that theme on its head now. And that's what we're talking about. Good story in bad games. So games that are rubbish, but otherwise are really intriguing or well-written, I guess. Um, we'll come up with plenty of examples. Uh, I mean, we won't. I mean, we have the opposite problem here. Where last week we had every video game in existence to work with, and now we have like the the ten well written ones, and now we've got to figure out which which ones are bad games. Do you have any thoughts, Catherine? I was going to my my the my first my first uh, pick was going to be Summer by Frictional Games, which. Is they they're the they're the chaps that made um, Amnesia: The Dark Descent and Summer is. Um, Do you say Summer? Summer is it Summer? I don't know. Soma. I say Soma. Soma. I don't know. It's one of those weird words that you don't really know how to pronounce until someone else says it differently to you, and then like Yoshi. Yoshi. I don't know. <laughs> but yeah, so Soma, Summer, however you want to say it. Um, I was going to yeah talk about that one first, just because. It sort of it, it borrows a very similar idea from Amnesia in that it has this it's set in a kind of underwater kind of uh 
facility thing or you're in this kind of very dark spooky mysterious place and there are lots of monsters around that you can't look at or if you or if you do look at them rather they it kind of you're they, they become more aware of you as you look at them and so they, they then if you look at them too long they, they come after you and almost al- almost always kill you instantly because uh, you've got nothing to defend yourself with so it's kind of like a a kind of stealth horror sort of survival game um but the most interesting thing about it is easily the story um and it's the 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 stealthy bits with the monsters in between that are kind of they're kind of so irritating that they actually ended up sort of taking them out and giving players like a a kind of friendly no monster version of the game so people could still play it and experience the story without having the faff of having to deal with all of these monsters which i think is 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 interesting if if a little bit telling about how the monsters in soma didn't really quite you know they, they didn't sort of they didn't quite capture the same thing as the monster that was was in amnesia and this yeah you have to kind of like look at them out of the corner of your screen yeah you kind of have to yeah either peer around corners or kind of you spend a lot of time basically looking at walls um so that you don't, <laughs> they don't see you or that you're not looking at them. You're sort of inching along this kind of barnacle encrusted wall for 90% of the game. And then once you've kind of got through those sections, you're then rewarded with a nice kind of quite thought provoking bit of story, um, which it's, it's difficult to talk about without spoiling it all. Um, yeah. Was it written by Tom Joubert by any chance? I don't actually know who it's written by. Find out. Because he's, he's uh, the only good games writer left. <laughs> um, the story, I guess we could give the setup for the story, which yeah. is that you're a guy in his apartment and you, I don't know, I can't remember. Do you... you go to like, uh, you have a hospital, you have a hospital appointment because you've got some, I can't remember what's wrong with you, but you have some sort of, for whatever reason, you go to the hospital and then you have this weird kind of, uh, is it a brain scan or something something happens to you and you suddenly wake up in the same hospital room or it it appears to be the same hospital room but it's you're clearly kind of like massively far into the future um and you're you spend most of the game trying to work out like where you are what's happened and what the deal is basically um and it yeah it turns out that you're not still in the hospital you're in this as i say this this kind of like underwater science facility thing um and yeah you kind of have to work out how to get out and how to yeah kind of get yourself out of this situation and there are all these robots around yeah and the robots all talk with like human voices yes and uh chat to you in very fun ways i like the robots because they're they're a weird kind of when you especially when you first meet them they're an odd um like comic relief almost from all the the horror and strangeness that's happening and they talk to you and they're like they're a bit like tars from interstellar yeah Um, (laughs) you know they're very they're very human you know yeah I mean, you've you've also got like one or or some someone sort of talking in your ear they're sort of like you've you've made contact with this woman who kind of is your 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 companion through an earpiece kind of thing throughout throughout the story um and yeah sort of finding out what her deal is and 
your relationship to her is quite interesting as well. Yeah, it's um, it's a game. Math Matthew Matt Cox, who's on the podcast sometimes, um, he loves all his cyberpunk things and his yes. philosophy. <laughs> And I don't think he's played it. And I, what? He, this is like it, philosophy exactly 101. The kind of, yeah, yeah it's exactly it. the kind of game that you you like if you're into uh, like basic philosophy stuff. Yeah. And bizarrely, it's not Tom. I don't know how to say his last name. I've met him in lots, lots of times and never remember to ask. Jubert, Hubert, <laughs> I do not know. But it wasn't him. He wrote the Penumbra games. Uh, uh, but then, since the uh, the amnesias and Soma were written by one Mikhail Hedberg. All right. So there you go. Credit to him. Mikhail Hedberg. Credit mm. to Mikhail. Um, yeah, I think Soma's a good show. The 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 game itself didn't bother me that much because I was quite used to. Mm, yeah. Um, that kind of playing that way. Um, and there were a lot of quiet moments in which you didn't have to bother with the monsters. Yeah, yeah, that was quite nice. Yeah. It was. It was kind of uh, like whenever you did see a monster, it's like, oh no. <laughs> it's sort of, you sort of yeah, so the the whole kind of mood just kind of sinks. It's like oh, no, I've got to deal with this for the next ten minutes. Um, but yeah, once that, once those ten minutes are over, it's sort of like brilliant. Now I get a nice, nice sort of neat bit of exploration and story story chunks. There is a really cool sequence uh, at one part. Uh, one part uh, where you're going. You're kind of in the water itself. You're yes, cla- like you're going along the sea floor, and you're trying to get uh, from one entrance to another. And it's a bit Bioshocky. Like yeah. The whole the whole thing is a bit Bioshocky in a in a way. Um, but you're trying to get from one to the other, and you're doing it by jumping from the the safety of uh, different lights. So there are torches along the way, lighting along the way. Mm. And if in the darkness there's something after you, you're yeah. not sure what it is. <laughs> But you have to go from light to light, and it's really, um, it's just like, it's almost lifted from Pitch Black or some other sci-fi thing. It's like, it's it's really Doctor Who-like in its simplicity. You know, you're afraid of the dark, so we'll make the thing that gets you mm. only able to get you in the dark. Um, yeah. And that's quite nice. I remember that there's, yeah. um, it might be in the kind of latter part of the game that there's, it may even be, I may, I may have kind of got this bit confused, but there's, I'm sure that there's a bit where you're being chased by something and you just have to leg it out of the station. Um, and I remember sort of thinking, like, I'm just going to keep running, keep running, keep running. You know, I don't even know whether this thing's still behind me, but I'm just going to keep running because if I turn around, I'll almost <laughs> certainly die. Uh, <laughs> um, and I can't remember whether it is that bit with the lights or whether that's a separate a separate sequence, but... I can't um, remember. Yeah, I just remember being kind of vaguely terrified if I turn around, if I was sort of, yeah, running away from something. Um, and yeah, sort of just having no idea kind of whether it was still behind me or whether it had, you know, stopped stopped chasing me. Yeah. But I just kind of, yeah, kept running until I hit a wall, basically. <laughs> um, it, it is also one of the few games that has a strong ending, I mm, feel. Anyway, yes. I, fe- I felt like the ending was good, yeah. which isn't something you normally get. Like, if you compare it to Bioshock's yeah. ending, it's, it's a masterpiece. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it, um, it, 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 not, not, not to spoil it, but if you've read Greg Egan's or Egan's or how, again, another surname I don't know how to pronounce, um, Permutation City, it deals with very similar themes. Um, and so that, if you've read that, then that would give you an idea of what, what Soma deals with. Um, cool, Soma. Yeah. Good story. 
bad game. <laughs> well, listen, you sound like you've just described a really good game to me, so I felt like we somewhat missed here. <laughs> well, it's just like, the, as I say, like the monsters. And I think because they're in Amnesia, you just had one monster and the deal was you couldn't look at it. And you that was kind of, you know, un, you know that, 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 that was made clear, I think, throughout the game. This one, there are lots of different ones and I think they're all meant to behave in slightly different ways. But you never really work out quite how they function or what their triggers are and as i say like you just kind of i ended up as i say spending a lot of time kind of inching along a wall looking straight at a wall that's Um, not great and which isn't really that fun especially when it's really dark and you can't really see where you're going um some some of them are that there's there's this sort of floaty kind of ball one where He's sort of patrolling a. I can't quite remember. It was just this kind of set of very narrow corridors, um, and trying to navigate that while not looking at it to see whether it was behind you or turning a corner or something was quite stressful. In that, as I say, trying to inch round this very tight space without being able to really look or see the thing that's chasing you or that, you know, is, is, is in your ways was quite difficult. Um, and it sort of, it just kind of slows down the pace of everything. Um, all the exploration, you know, you can sort of do it at your own pace, but it's sort of when you have to kind of deal with these things, you kind of have to keep going forwards and backwards and like, Oh no, I need to you know hide behind a rock or something. It just kind of, ugh, it's <laughs> the game gets in the way of everything else. That's fair. Rubbish. <laughs> um, John. Hello. I think I know what you're going to say, but I'm not sure. I'm going to surprise What do you, you. think has the, a good story, but is a, a terrible game? Well, I was thinking about this. I immediately said before we recorded about Longest Journey, because, oh my goodness, if there's a game I've witted on about too often, it's that game. But um, I was thinking, actually, maybe that's a little bit unfair, because at the time, it didn't feel like a bad game at all. It's just if you try to play it now, it's seemingly impossible to play. Uh, it's so um, dated uh, graphically; it's it's almost impenetrable to look at. It's it's it fell in that gap between. Um, oh gosh, my microphone fell off the desk. You should definitely leave that in the podcast. <laughs> um, it's yeah, it fell in the gap between when between two D and three D. So you end up with this horrible mismatch of both really nicely painted backgrounds, and then the most atrocious attempt at a three D character. <laughs> um and it's yeah it's 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 and then it's just so many words and the t- i don't know how I, I played it when i was 21 when i was awash in time i can't imagine another window in my life when i would have enough time and space to be able to get through it all but i so i decided maybe the better game to name for this is definitely the sequel dreamfall which is a truly terrible game. <laughs> um, but with Wait, a, does it have a good story, a though? A brilliant story. Oh, my goodness. It's heartbreaking how is good the story the is. Dreamfall the Longest Journey or Dreamfall yes. Chapters? Dreamfall the Longest Journey, to be right. brief. Yes. So this is the immediate sequel to The Longest Journey, in which um, the decision was made to... It was in that awful time in the early 2000s when everyone was saying, well, adventure games are need to evolve if we're going to be able to play them. Of course, it was absolute rubbish and, and they just, you know, adventure games just need to be good at being adventure games. And so instead, uh, Funcom and Ragnar opted to go for something much more action adventure So you're a third person character and you're jogging this character Zoe about the world, but had all the sensibilities of a first of a point and click adventure, except now you could neither point nor click. 
and so it just became <laughs> incredibly annoying to play. You had to sort of run up to buttons and then sort of headbutt the wall, and then you could interact with what was in front of you in this cone that surrounded. You could spin around, and it was. It was just a lot of hard work trying to get back to where it should have been in the first place. Um, they created themselves so many problems and then didn't have the solutions. Meanwhile, the story you're playing, well, you know, there is criticisms to be made of it, was absolutely breathtakingly lovely in so many ways. So the, the larger story is your Zoe, this girl who um, uh, becomes aware of uh, a, a, a thing called i forget i forget all the the, the correct terminology but there's some fuzzy thing going on all the tv screens and the end of the world is coming and you see this child who's trapped in the tv screens um called faith and you realize your job is to save faith and the 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 metaphor there is very deliberate um but actually beautifully executed it's a game about faith as a concept and about losing faith so you have april ryan the character from longest journey losing her faith in dreamfall and you have zoe discovering her faith and then struggling with it and then you have other characters um uh, zealot with zealotry in their faith and discovering that they're that they're, they're discovering that they're zealots and having to change their faith and so faith is explored in lots of different directions in really interesting ways um and then you have scenes that are just weep inducingly lovely or moving or sad it has a, a really really great writing is hidden in that game and it's all behind this awful mess of, uh, of of third person junk so i think it ticks every box for your podcast requirements brendan <laughs> sorry you go i think we have a winner <laughs> um I gave that. Yeah. I reviewed it for PC Gamer, and I gave it. I think it was a mark. I can't remember. Like si- low, mid sixties, maybe. And I and and it was heartbreaking because the longest journey was at the time, and and, and on some days still is my favorite game ever. And having the uh, the sequel be something I had to. I gave it the highest mark I could possibly justify for a bad <laughs> game because I wanted people to experience it. I was like, I, the review is saying, "Oh my goodness, this is heartbreaking." Because gosh, the get this what you can get out of playing this is so big, but you have to go through a lot of stuff that we normally would say don't bother with. So yeah, that's a toughie. It sounds, the way you're describing it, it sounds like a Resident Evil game if there was no zombies to shoot and you just had to go up and, and press the button at, uh, at the wall in the right place. You went around having feelings instead of shooting zombies, yes. Uh, Although there is some atrocious combat in there, some really abysmal uh, fighting sequences. So you do have to fight things? Are they like set fight? There are mostly scenes. ways to get out of it, but there are a couple of bits you have to do, including the bit where you're trained how it works, which is the worst bit of it of all. Oh. You're required to go through some god-awful training sequence with your uh, your self-defense instructor at one point. I had a um, a similar reaction to Pyre. Yes, um, you did, which didn't is you? A game by Supergiant. They did Bastion and what's the other Transistor. one? Transistor. Yeah, um, Empire is about being a being sent to a purgatorial realm and forced to compete in a series of weird fantasy netball tournaments <laughs> in order to try and win your freedom and go back to the equivalent of you know Earth, you know. Um, and it has all these different kind of fantasy races in it, and uh, some of them are dogs, and some of them are. Uh, winged angel women with with bird wings and stuff like this. Um, 
and uh, I thought the the story was really strong and the characters were really likable and really really enjoyable to be around and they all got along with each other in different ways like you 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 walk around the or you kind of travel around this purgatory realm in the back of a wagon uh and as you're traveling and doing things and speaking to people with these different characters and uh, and getting into netball to netball fights with them um <laughs> you're you're kind of collecting things uh, the, uh and the wagon fills up with little people's trinkets or their objects and stuff like this and it reveals little bits about their character um there's one character who's just a small pet demon and he just kind of squawks at you in indecipherable things but you're told you can kind of understand him um and whenever you hover over certain things that he's saying you get a little translation it's not a translation of the words exactly it's just a translation of how he feels so you'll hover over one squawk and it'll say oh he's he's upset that you have the fish or something like um it, it's it's just a really nice um like character study of different people um and the reasons why they all want to get free and they all have reasons for being in this purgatory state it's like the prison of the higher world that people get sent to when they do something wrong the more i'm describing it the more it sounds like fantasy trash um but it it does have a good heart of characters you know but then the game itself is is fantasy netball and it's really annoying. <laughs> so how do you think that came about? Do you think they started out, right, we're going to make the fantasy netball game of our dreams? Or do you think they had this great story and then they thought, oh crap, we haven't got enough to actually do in this? I don't know. I don't know how they felt about it. Because it does at times feel like you're wandering through a, 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 like a visual novel. Um, and I feel like they've gone into it f- with the intention of having a game there. Uh, because as you're walking around doing all the visual novel stuff, you are co- like so you are collecting trinkets and different things that give you new abilities or stats in the game itself, and they feel woven into the story in such a way that it makes sense that a game was always meant to be there, like a netball or a sports game or whatever was always meant to be there. I just felt like it was as a sport, it wasn't very fun. Um, <laughs> It's a three by th- it's a three versus three game of netball basically. Except you know the way in netball you get the ball thrown to you, you have to stop and you everybody else moves and you have to throw the ball to them. This is like the opposite. So you get the ball, you're the only one allowed to move. <laughs> I know it. No, it's not. It's not this. You've forgotten all the rules. Well, no, it, it's not that you're the only one who's allowed to move, but um, you can only move one character at a time, and you have to swap between the characters. So if you have, if one of your characters has the ball and you want to get another one in position, you have to swap to that character, move them. They don't move automatically, um, like in FIFA, y- your other players would. They only move when you tell them to move. Oh right, it feels overly complicated for <laughs> from what you're describing. And there are a lot of little things like you can shoot big, uh, you can shoot big shock waves to knock the ball out of people's hands, or you can jump at people if they try to jump over you if you can jump at them and knock the ball out of their hands that way there are all these different little small things and it, it's quite a complex game and obviously a lot of lot of thought went into it um but it feels it just doesn't feel that fun to play um it at times it feels over designed 
because there's so much to think about and do and at times it feels under designed because it's not it it's not difficult to win you just kind of dunk the ball i i did the same thing for almost every match in which i just got the fastest character and i just ran around everybody <laughs> and dunked the ball basically more or less that that worked in about 90 percent of matches it's a pity because the story behind it is so it, it has such a good um little hook in that you do these tournaments and when you get to the end you have to do the grand final and this is after having traveled all through purgatory to all these different realms talking to all these different races of people snake witches and you know uh, like high heavenly guards and stuff like this um and you get to the final tournament and you realize that if you win the final game only one of the people in your team, so one of the three people you choose to play the game, the match, will get to go home. Um, and you have to choose who that is. And you choose who that is, and that person leaves your party altogether. And then you kind of go back to the start of the game. You go back to the, you just go back into the, the purgatory, and you start playing the tournament all over again from, from you know, the, the next season, basically. But that person who you sent is gone. So if you sent your strongest character, your strongest player away, they're gone. And all the other characters kind of mention them every now and again and be like, oh, I miss, I miss Faye. Or, you know, she, she was nice. Why did we, why did she, she's gone? Like their best friends will miss them. Um, and it's really nice. And, and you do this over and over again. And your, your roster of characters just dwindles to people who you don't, necessarily like that much <laughs> um, but you get to like them more by virtue of them being sad that their friends have gone because you sympathize with that it makes you think about you know friendship and loyalty and promises to people and different things like that in a way that is embedded in the nature of the, this tournament but uh like i say awful netball <laughs> <laughs> just keep your fastest player with you for all time that's the only way you can beat the game <laughs> send everyone I, else I, but your fastest person whoever happens to be the fastest is, is in prison for, for for eternity um but yeah that's that's my nomination are there any others we can think of that have good story but aren't good um this 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 might be a little bit controversial but i was also going to suggest sunless sea um just because i really like that's a game where i've i've tried to play many times and each time I could tell you like a really good story about what happened. But that's mainly because I'm so bad at it that I don't I just I could never really seem to get to grips with any of its systems. Um like I never seem to have enough money to buy things at ports when I arrive. So I could never like restock my ship um of food and all that jazz and kind of hire more crew members um but you know i can tell you that you know i can i can recount several kind of quite wild stories that have happened to me within the course of the game that kind of make it you know it, it sounds really good but as i say like the moment to moment gameplay is i've never really quite got on with it very well like there was one time when i sort of I, I went back to it to play or to try out the Submariner kind of the, the expansion DLC that they added. Um, 
and I'd sort of forgotten basically completely how to control my ship. So I kind of, my, <laughs> my, my engine blew up almost like five seconds out of port. Um, so I was sort of on fire for a bit and then someone died in that. And then I kind of poodled along once I'd sort of realized that, oh no, I can't go at full speed the entire time. I'll, you know, just go, go to this little island and have a little sit down and, there was this pub apparently that my the rest of my crew could go to, so they 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 went and went they went to the pub and had a nice kind of chill out after the traumatic traumatic opening to our <laughs> journey. Um, and I I I, I um, my character um, there was an option to like have a nice walk on the beach or something, and then there was a woman in distress, and it's like oh okay let's go over and help her, and it turns out that the woman was this massive horrible sea serpent. Um, or like the 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 woman in classic C, <laughs> classic C G F, classic C G F indeed. Um, or you know, like the woman in in the mist. It looked like a woman, but once you got a bit closer, you realised it was just this tentacle of this, as I say, giant giant <laughs> it's a woman shaped tentacle. <laughs> I don't know. And then that then started chasing me. There was a dice roll to kind of escape or something, which I failed. Um, so someone else got eaten. Um, when my crew came to save me, they someone else died. So that everyone's really so once I finally got back on my ship, everyone's really like, oh dude, like a bit spooked and a bit kind of like, oh morale's really low. So we kind of carry on for a little bit, and then sort of like a jellyfish attacks me out of nowhere, um, and I kind of finally get to this place where, um, you know, sort of it's in this kind of half broken, battered ship because I couldn't trying to fight trying to fight monsters in that game when they occasionally appear is quite difficult like trying to aim your cannons and maneuvering the ship at the same time sort of slowing down and speeding up again to try and dodge and so sort of like this sort of leaking hulk of a kind of like dinghy boat that I'm left with um finally sort of make it to the port where you can get this supposed uh submarine because everything's spelled with a z in in sunless sea for, for some reason um zeds are cool <laughs> um and then like oh yeah that'll be like twenty thousand pounds it's like i literally have about five <laughs> it's like oh great that's that's useless um and then like another on another occasion i sort of i ended up just kind of like pootling around the 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 sea and had got to a point where I sort of got basically went too far uh, with the food and fuel supplies that I had to I couldn't sort of get back with what I had. So I was sort of trying to eke out, you know, kind of like limp from port to port and try and buy uh, food and stuff as I was on my way back. Uh, to, to the kind this of main... adventure sounds great. <laughs> this, <laughs> I know this is what I mean. It's sort of like you can tell really good stories, but the actual kind of as I say, like I, I never really felt like I was able to play it properly, um, because I don't know, like I just didn't either get like the money, the 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 economy, or like whatever islands, because it's all all the islands are randomly generated as well. They all appear apart from a couple. They a lot of them appear in different places each time you play. Um, so it was either just like the luck of the draw in that I was not going to the right places where, um, you know, options were available to me. Um, or I don't know, I just, I'd never really figured out how to play it properly. Um, so I just kind of kept going on these kind of very doomed adventures. Um, 
Maybe that is playing it properly. Maybe. <laughs> but it always felt like, you know, you, you, you go to these you go to these islands and sometimes there's, you know, there's not really very much for you to do. Other times, you know, there's a kind of whole kind of extra little story that you can kind of embark on. But most of like the the text options or the story kind of chances that you get, a lot of them are all sort of they're always greyed out. Like I never had the skills to unlock those things or to go down those paths and it's I was sort of as I say a bit like the money thing like how how do I get how do I play this game like successfully enough to get these skills to be able to kind of like experience these stories I always felt like a lot of the game was locked off from me in the as I say because I was so terrible at it or never really found the right things in the right order I could never I never felt like I was experiencing the whole thing. I either kind of, you know, suddenly got teleported by some mad sea god onto the other side of the map with no supplies <laughs> every now and again. Or, yeah, like, I just kind of went off and then, you know, a giant a giant kind of squid came and sunk my ship and it's like, oh, great, now I've got to start all over again with a doesn't new it, person. Doesn't it say right at the beginning, it says something like, you're going to die a lot, this game is crazy hard at the start and you're going to... And I was thinking, I read things like that, I think, oh, we haven't made the game well then. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it does do that, but it's that... that... And and you can like when when your character does die, you do, you can inherit like certain mm. things. But it's what you inherit is so kind of like measly <laughs> that it doesn't really kind of have a huge kind of bearing on your next character, um, or at least it, again like I think because you can choose from like different classes that or different I think it's different professions that you you have at the start of the game. You kind of pick whether you want to be a I don't know, like a an adventuring lady or a scrappy street urchin or something, and um, the legacies that you can leave behind all vary depending on who, you, what kind of character you pick at the start. But yeah, I, I never, I never felt like, as I say, whatever I was leaving there was of any value, mostly because I could never get anything of of worth to begin with. Like I, I just, I don't, I don't know. I sort of ended up leaving them not very much at all. I was just really thrown by this idea that, you know, they've got their difficulty curve on backwards and this idea yeah. <laughs> that they're going to hide all their story behind this incredibly difficult beginning. Well, that seems really counterintuitive to me. If you want people to hear a story, tell it, for goodness sake. Yeah, that's, 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 that's what I mean. Like, it seems like I'm sure that there are great stories in there. And as I say, like, even like my my kind of not very good attempts to play the game i can I, you know the, the things that happened to me within that are quite good and you know quite they make they make the kind of good yarns to tell people about very good anecdotes but it's to say i never really felt like the game was letting me play it in the way that it was clearly kind of like oh we've got so much of this stuff but it's all locked off from you because you don't have the right skills or the right level of you know persuasion or luck or anything else it's sort of like yeah, it never felt like it was letting me play it in the way I should have been able to. <laughs> I had a similar problem with um, Planescape Tides of Numenera, which I was interested in. I don't think it's a great story, but uh, it's definitely kind of an interesting world if you're into fantasy, weird dreamlike fantasy. Um, but yeah, it didn't let you. It doesn't let you play the way that you expect it to a lot of the time 
and it does lock a, th a lot of things off. I think it's fine to lock some things off behind a, like a characteristic not being good enough sometimes, but yeah, it sounds like some of the sea maybe overdo overdoes it. Yeah, like, you know, there, there was, there was the, there'd be some islands I could go to and there'd be like, you know, four or five different options and they'd all be greyed out. It's like, oh, okay, I'll just leave them. Leave this really interesting sounding island behind because I can't do anything with it. <laughs> maybe the solution is not to, either not to grey out so many, like to give the character something that yeah. can be, I guess, or more options um, that yeah. they can always choose from um, mm. or not show them the grayed out ones until that they know. Until, but then again... How, then you wouldn't know whether to You wouldn't come back, would you? Yeah. No. Um, so I guess it's a difficult thing. One of the things that annoyed me about Tides of Numenera was that in all the kind of marketing material about it, uh, and then a lot of people who played it would always say, oh, you know, you don't need to have a fight in Tides of Numenera. You can play the whole thing, basically, and you can avoid so many fights. And I got into it, and I got into fight after fight trying to avoid them. <laughs> and the, the combat in it's really, really bad and really unenjoyable and <laughs> not it's not fun to use and it's not interesting in any way. Uh, it's just kind of an annoying, fiddly... It's not even old fashioned. It's like what it's like what somebody would have tried to make in the old isometric days, had they, you know, had enough, to, had they not evolved into different t types of tactical combat. I have a suggestion. Go on. It's a bit of an odd one. Yes. Er, the game. <laughs> it is an odd one. <laughs> it came out in two thousand and five, um, and there's a strong chance people haven't played it. But, uh, and because it was a licensed ER game, and so it just looked like any other, and so of course a PC gamer threw it at me at the time, said, this looks rubbish, you review it. And, um, and, and I wrote in my review, I said, it's a brilliant game to tell people about. And I think the only way I can tell you about it is just to read the first couple of paragraphs from my review, because I can't John, I remember. John, it's this 18... is the podcast. You can't just was... read out your review. Listen, it was We 13... can link people to the review. No, we can't, because it was for PC Gamer 13 years ago. <laughs> we can link people to a, 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 a shop from the past. You can read out a couple of choice lines. Exactly, thank you. I'm right to do that this way. <laughs> I said, it begins, there were fairies. Dr. Carter gave me something to stabilise my condition while they tried to work out what was making me dizzy. Meanwhile, my medical abilities appeared hugely improved. I was dealing with cases I would normally have to transfer to more experienced staff. Um... And I'm going to jump ahead because you won't let me read out lots. Um, <laughs> I did see football players appear and disappear at the foot of the bed while I was treating a cardiac patient, but I was good. Until I came around, Dr. Carter shouting at me, a ninja lurking in the background, needing school security, <laughs> finding him on monitors, seeing him arrested, grabbing a quick shower, chatting to a nurse about the theatre, getting a meal in the cafeteria and doing a bit of triage in the waiting room. What is this? Um, <laughs> I know. It literally uh... has ninjas... Fairies, hallucinogenic sequences. Wow. Um, it was sort of like if Far Theme cry. Hospital made <laughs> ER. But yeah. it was awful, obviously. <laughs> but it was oh, so dear. much fun. And the stories that came out of it were crazy bonkers. I described it as the best rubbish game I've played in as long as I can remember. <laughs> All right. um, it was, yeah, I love the fact that someone got the ER license and went, I know, <laughs> fairies, we'll have fairies. <laughs> Oh, and there's like a bit where an entire American football team gets brought in or something, and like there's just impossible situations keep occurring. It's very good. <laughs> Would you say it's a good story or just a bad? Yes. Oh my goodness, it they it's so fun. It's it's not like it's done it by accident. Like they've accidentally thought, I know, 
let's have uh, the player have a drug-induced hallucination in the, on their third shift because <laughs> that would be a good story because that would be a good game. It's just bonkers and really funny. Right, cool. Yeah. I'll try and find something to link to <laughs> that explains VR well, in the game. Link, it's, literally, it's Moby Games entry or something. It messes up because um, it's just really badly put together. So you're trying to have these really funny, silly situations occur, but actually just clicking on it, it was a pain in the bottom. Um, <laughs> but you literally fit. I said, you know, 50% of the time you couldn't click on what you were trying to click on. It was so, it was so oh, badly good. made, which is such a shame because it was so fantastically silly. Uh, what else? What else is, has got a good story but is a rubbish? That's it. That's all the is games. Is that it? We figured yeah. it out. All right, <laughs> sorted. Oh, um... What Hel- do the idiots think? Hellblade Senua's Sacrifice, I think, is, is a very interesting game. I wanted to play it. I wanted to find out more about the Hellblade. And uh, I just didn't. I just couldn't face any more... Slight, like sluggish walking and boring fighting the same body over and over and over again. Yeah, it is very kind of, it is quite a slow burner, especially at the beginning when there's, yeah, there's kind of lots of. She doesn't, yeah, she doesn't really move very fast and they're quite big open spaces that you've got to, when you're kind of doing all the kind of puzzly bits in between the combat, there is, yeah, it is kind of, it can take a while. See, so you know, you know what you said earlier, John, about, um, Pyre maybe be having you know, having to have had a game put into it. Yeah, I, f- <laughs> I feel I feel more like Hellblade had to have a game put into it than Pyre did, because Hellblade has amazing art visuals. Uh, the sound design is incredible. The 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 voice acting, everything about it. It's an interesting kind of teal. It's really dark and a bit spooky and. It's very engaging and like really interesting. You're you're a woman who's who's carrying around the head of her lover, um, and you. The idea is that you have you you're suffering from psychosis, um, but it's so far in the past in what is it Celtic Celtic Viking times mm. that you don't have a medical or scientific explanation for this. So everything mystical is seems like it's really happening to you. It's really interesting, and I really, really wanted to keep playing, but I just couldn't stand the the combat sequences in which ghosts basically come out of the ground and you have to slash them over and over and over again. Even on the easiest setting, all you do is just hit them the same sword swing over and over again until they're dead, and then they reappear, and you have to do it again to them. And you do that like three times or four times or however many times they want the game wants you to until they're gone, and then you keep going on and I get that they wanted to communicate that your character was having a psychotic episode in which they f- they were seeing things or hearing things or were uncomfortable or were having an attack basically but you can do that with one body <laughs> you know I can, I can just deal with one um so it was just yeah. very disappointing yeah it has it has a bad habit of just kind of throwing there are base. I think there may be like three or four different types of monsters outside of the bosses. Oh, I didn't but, get yeah, to they... these. <laughs> I didn't get that far. <laughs> but they it it does have a very bad habit of basically just piling more and more enemies on you, like just to make it's it's they're not individually they're not difficult, but it's when you're faced with like ten of them 
which you are kind of toward the end on a very narrow bit of bridge uh, <laughs> that it's sort of like oh and they all kind of like you know attack you at the same time as well they don't which you know they it's don't kind take of turns they very don't, impolite they don't politely yeah they don't politely wait and take their turn they uh they all kind of go for you at the same time so you've got to kind of be constantly aware of things behind you and to the side and kind of dodge it's so bad because it's not that it's... it's not that kind of game like i mean no, like, it's it, not I dark mean, souls stop stop trying to be that yeah it does it does feel like the combat is yeah it, it is quite dark souls in that it's very slow and methodical and you've got to kind of be very precise um but I, I i would say that like it feels like it's had the combat kind of thrust upon it but i, I would say that the, the the puzzly bits do feel like they were there from the start they're but not I, so bad that, that they're fine i would have kept playing yeah. if it was just that yeah but yeah i i, I agree that the whenever the com whenever i had f- uh, fight something where whenever sort of combat happened it was just like oh no <laughs> a bit like the monsters in, in soma is just like oh great now i've got to deal with this for the next yeah however long before i can go back to the, the bit that, that i like <laughs> that's what i'd love i'd love if the developers of hellblade made a, made a <laughs> yeah. soma like version of the game where you didn't have to fight anything yeah that'd be excellent um, someone told me something about the trees swaying in a way that conveys your own internal madness or something there's a lot of things to do with corpses. <laughs> there's a yeah. lot of there's a lot of corpse imagery, and some of it <laughs> is done in such a way that it does, um, yeah, it does feel like you're. It's representative of how you your character is feeling on the inside, rather than a true representation of what's actually happening in the world around her. Um, and there is a lot of that in different ways, like things go on fire all the time, but they're not really on fire. Um, yeah, you know, it feels that way for you, but you know that that's not reality as the player. Senua is her name, isn't it? Yep. She doesn't know that it isn't that way. Um, wow. Which is really uh it's, it's just it's just such an interesting like world and character to inhabit, but it's a pity. Um, but yeah, like you say, let's find out what let's find out what our lovely readers who aren't idiots think. <laughs> they aren't, are they? They I, they keep proving me wrong. <laughs> I've been the idiot this week because the the the, the little post, um, the little question that we asked on Facebook got cut off about three words in. So I've just said, <laughs> I've just said, we're recording the podcast this week, and that's that's it. Well, let's hear the replies. Um, no, but uh, the one on Twitter did work. So oh, okay, we've got this. Someone straight away said Last of Us, and I was going to say I think we can talk about that because it's because it's not PC, but. It's just not politically correct to talk about The Last of Us. <laughs> it's so offensive. I thought the same thing. I thought, oh, bloody hell, everyone was so excited about this game. Woohoo, Last of Us, the story's amazing. You're going to get. And yes, oh my goodness, the opening 10 minutes were just mind traumatizing. Just the worst. And then, oh, it's a cover shooter. And I just internally collapsed <laughs> and never played it again. Um, I, I really, really like The Last of Us. I think the cover shooter thing I can get on board with, it doesn't bother me that much. Um, so I did play it to the end, and I think it has a brilliant ending. See, I thought the ending was quite contrived. I kind of I, I saw it coming from like a mile away, and thought like, oh yeah, this is where it's going to go. And lo, lo and behold, yes, it did. <laughs> yes, no, the occurrences of the ending, like what happens, is um, is is predictable in a way, yeah. But the way that the characters are rounded off by it, and their final kind of lines of dialogue. I think are really 
like they're spot on they're chef kiss to me <laughs> even though a, a lot of a lot of the game i think is um like you say like kind of rote and it's probably very overrated um but i just think it has a very strong i could probably write a whole essay about <laughs> that stupid stupid hero man's character and how it, is it Joel? how it anti-develops over the course of the game <laughs> <It's> <laughs> that's just, what i mean though I, I i could see what they were going to do with his character like oh they're blatantly going to make him out to be this type of person toward the end um and make him you know choose between this and that and i don't know i just sort of i was quite let down by the ending and where those characters were kind of left because uh, i as i say i just kind of like yeah, the like the events surrounding it were a bit like, oh yeah, okay, yeah, this is this is not that surprising. But I, yeah, I don't know. I just kind of felt like, I mean, admittedly, I came to The Last of Us like quite after the fact. It was one of the, it's one and yet another game that I had never actually played at the time and played many years later. So maybe the the impact was lessened somewhat. But yeah, I didn't having seen and heard and you know, I know I know so many people who just love it. I didn't really feel that way when I came to play it. Um, Fair. But Fair. Interested to see what they do with the second one. Like, mm. I don't know, just what, what, what those characters are doing now and how they deal with what's what's going on. I'd, I'd be interested to play it, but I'm not, like, mad keen for it. <laughs> no, and neither am I, because I think the ending was perfect, so I don't want to, I don't want to hear it. Um, thank you, Bebo, for saying a game that's not on PC that made us talk for a few minutes. <laughs> Uh, what else have people said? John Doe says Spec Ops the line. Now he's he's close there in that he's right that it is a very bad game, but it's also but it's, a bad story. Yeah. So he was almost there. <laughs> it has it has it has one excellent moment, and the it's just surrounded by a whole load of rubbish. It's the <laughs> smuggest game. Oh my goodness! Oh look how clever we're being. Oh, we're so terribly satirical, aren't we? No, I f- I feel like there there is a subgenre of games, and it's games which evoke heart of darkness yes and you can put spec ops and you can put far cry 2 in there (laughs) and you can just let them have a fight and see who comes out as the one that joseph conrad would have written if he had been a video game man (laughs) Um. i also hate what i hate most about spec ops the line and i really hate it is that uh it's just it's not so much having its cake as eat- and eating it as just gorging on it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this cake! <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, makes me cross. Um, I, I will, I will defend it in, a, in some ways. It does have one uh, very good moment, um, w- which I think is contrary to a lot of the rest of the game, and it also does this amazing thing where over the course of the game, your characters starts start going from military chatter and being very well behaved, uh, you know, in in in, bra- in quote marks um uh and very by the book to just swearing at each other and they do it by degrees like every other level you get your character is now shouting f words and everything and just like just going off it you can see the decline in their barks which i think is a great piece of um like it's a very low-key uh technique for the writer to use um that probably doesn't get picked up on a lot but is it it I think it was a, a really good, um, a really good small detail. That does sound good. That's the good thing I can say about Spec Ops: The Line. So thanks, John Doe. <laughs> um, what else? Easy Gantor says, "I'm deeply offended by you using uh, the longest journey screenshot instead of a Dreamfall one, even though I defend both as good games." 
Uh, my bad. I should have used a Dreamfall image. That's well, my question. bad for immediately saying I'd talk about Longest Journey. Yes, you're right. It's John's bad. Blame John. <laughs> uh, Hellgate London, says Matthew Stevens. Great ideas like the Knights Templar had secretly designed the London Underground as a demon-proof shelter network. <laughs> that is there when it comes to great ideas. That's right up there with figuring out DNA. Oh, here we've got someone who has an unpronounceable name um, because it's just a whole load of emojis that haven't loaded on my computer. <laughs> oh, I um, think maybe you're talking about Jiskra. I am. Yep, Jiskra. Uh, they say Deadly Premonition which is the answer that we've been waiting for all along <laughs> just to ra- Alice's uh, form in a circle on the ground and appear and scream us all to death just scrawl <laughs> um, uh, Joe Gallant says Grim Fandango with its clunky tank controls I don't remember well tank controls did it have tank controls? Yeah, oh god, yes it did. I thought it was a pointy clicky. Oh, if only it had have been. It should have been. But <laughs> LucasArts were at that they were that was the last one they made, and they were just at the point where um they were saying everything's 3D and we are famed for our 2D games, we have to be 3D now. And so you've got Monkey Island 4 and um Grim Fandango both in 3D both in 3D. And Grim Fandango was Monkey Island 4 was fine, but Grim Fandango Oh my goodness, the controls are so bad, and the oh the inventory was awful. Oh dear, love that, but yes, incredible story. Let's see, Planescape Torment says Rob Newstead. One what of a my silly favorite, thing to say. <laughs> one of my favorite <laughs> games, despite being mechanically a pretty mediocre Infinity Engine RPG. Meh, um, wrong. I've never played the Planescape Torment, so I'm not sure. It's great. The Walking Dead says Nippy Snowman. What do you think, John? Do you know what? No. <laughs> John famously dislikes the Walking Dead game. Sorry, Neppy. I uh, I um I like I was... them, so I like the first two. Like season one and two were I thought quite good. Um in terms of just like the, the journey that they took their characters on. I haven't played what's what's the next one? Is it a new frontier or something? Yeah. Um and whatever the, the the there's another one as well, isn't there? Like I can't remember. There's like a the side stories one, yeah. Yeah, but I've I've seen I've seen my husband play uh, the the New Frontier, and it just looked really boring. It's sort of like I it, it's made me not want to carry on with that story just because it it looked really dull, and I didn't really care about any of the characters or anything that was happening because all of the most of the characters from the kind of the earlier games had you know either. I don't know. They 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 weren't in that particular place at at that time. Um, you mean alive? Just, the alive well, place. <laughs> so, 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 some some of them were alive, or you we're know, trying they, to avoid spoilers, like, John. Trying <laughs> to find them, or you know, they they just weren't kind of around. You're, you're you're given a largely new cast of characters in, especially in a, in a new frontier, and it just oh, the story just was. It just seemed to kind of re retread exactly the same story beats as the the season one and two. And yeah, I'm I'm now kind of like glad I haven't kind of put in the effort to get to to play a new frontier because it just looked really dull. Um, so he, so here's my problem with the with season one of The Walking Dead, and even more so for season two. Um, I think they're really emotionally dishonest games. I think there was a thing Stephen King wrote in Bag of Bones where he talked about that he had this author who'd created all these characters in order to create get his readers to love them and then killed them, and he was just he couldn't do it anymore. Uh, and he realised there was this sort of, there's this king sort of exploring this idea of the 
is it murder to create a life even though it's just fictional and Do I you thought think we... George R. R. Martin is a, ge- a genocide, <laughs> genocidal yes. maniac. Absolutely. But the thing with The Walking Dead was they created, they invented Clementine in order to torture her. Yeah, and but I every, have this... every writer does that. I'm totally not convinced by this. Like, I, But I know Clementine has no other reason to exist other than to be tortured. And well, this like... is my problem with those games. Every book has characters that exist for no other reason no, except I to, to be I think to be good what to be X like you know a good book creates a character to be a rounded person with purpose and, and intent and goals and dreams and ideas and and Clementine doesn't have any of those things she's just a to- a thing an ob- object to be tortured you can say I that that's this, bad I said story this to but Robbins, to like I said, attach this moral judgment to it is like it is almost missing the point she doesn't exist john it's fine <laughs> but she's the whole but this is the emotional dishonesty but i i said this to jake rockin's face the other week and he just raised an eyebrow at me <laughs> and then told me how many of his games I've been horrid about. Horrid about. Um, but yeah, she, she, it's 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 this idea that you're meant to feel bad about her. That's the point. So if she, I realise she's pretend. I get that. <laughs> but she doesn't have any. There's no. Yeah, it's just a, a game like we've created this in order that you can watch a child be tortured for a bit and then feel sad at the end. And I don't <laughs> think that was anything good about creating that i don't think they achieved anything if they created clementine and made her this rounded wonderful interesting child who you got to know and love and then all these awful things happen to you but oh no this is so bad but she doesn't she's just there to be hit with a stick from start to finish (laughs) you get to know her a bit in the first season though because you're not playing as her only only you get to know her uh, in terms of what she's like when she's terrified, <laughs> you get to cut her hair. I mean, <laughs> yeah, you bond that's on the train and, and give her little bunches. Um, let's move on. Let's move on. Sean Vanneman will remember this. <laughs> let's move on to some. Uh, let's see. Tweety says Assassin's Creed 1, 2, 3, etc., which I strongly disagree with. Um, I'd, I'd maybe put. I maybe put. I, I I disagree with putting Assassin's Creed Two in there because that is a good. That's an infinitely better game. Why do you single one out? Than, <laughs> like one of the five. To be fair, I've only played one, two, and Syndicate. <laughs> so, and I kind of I vaguely enjoyed Syndicate. So I went back, or I I bought I bought the the older Assassin's Creed games in a, a sale or whatever, and finally kind of eventually got around to playing one and two. I own all of them, but I have never actually played them, um, or played the rest of them, and. Assassin's Creed 2 is such a jump from 1 that it's kind of amazing that do you think by it comparison, has a good story 1 is though? so bad. I don't know. I, I wouldn't say so. They're, they're kind of... I never really know what's going on in an Assassin's Creed game. Nobody does. Um, <laughs> but I would say that in terms of like... I don't know. Assassin's Creed 2 is definitely the better game yeah. than 1. Like I'm, I'm surprised having played one that it, it's, it spawned such a massive franchise because it was so bad compared to like <laughs> two, or that two was such an improvement that that is basically the template for every single Assassin's Creed game henceforth sort of thing. Like you don't mm. need to play any of the other Assassin's Creed games because they're all basically the same as two. <laughs> um, or at least it seems that Syndicate and Syndicate and two, there's a lot of a lot of shared DNA that. To me, 
having not played the rest of them yeah, in between. It doesn't seem like there's been that much of an you know an, an evolution of, of gameplay. But I think um, you're absolutely right. I think you can probably <laughs> extend that to every Ubisoft game. They're all based on Assassin's Creed too. Yeah. Um, I think we should end this unless anybody has anything to add or any last game that they can think of. I'm good. Okay, cool. We'll let it go then. Um, we're wrapping it up for this week. If you have any themes or suggestions or questions that you'd like to send us, you can do that. Podcast at rockpapershotgun.com is the email address. Um, you can find us on Twitter and Facebook at rockpapershot. This weekend, there's a special thing on, isn't there? Raised, EGX Raised, down at Tobacco Dock in London. I don't know if you don't have tickets yet, whether you can get them or not, though. There's probably be some touts outside. <laughs> don't, don't go to the tights. That's bad. I think there are still tickets available. I think they said that Friday and Saturday were were fast selling out, but I think that and that but that was only like earlier this week. So I think there um, should still be tickets available. But yes, there will be people from RPS there. Uh, are you two going? Yes, I will be there the whole weekend. Due to uh, crappy things, I can't make it, which I'm really sad about because I was really looking forward to seeing everyone. Yeah, there's a, there, there are a few. I'm not going either. Um, I'm going on a stag do instead, again. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's the same. It's the same crowd. We just go on stag do's every now and again. Same person. Is it the same guy? Uh, but uh, Adam will also be there. I think Graham will be there. Graham's definitely there. Uh, Alice ha- is heading down. A- Alice is going to be down on Saturday. So um, quite a lot of the Rock Paper Shotgun team are going to be down in London. So if you want and to And go... is a really good time. If you've been to conventions and you're like, oh, I don't like it because of all these awful other people. Um, Rezd is lovely other people. It's quite the, quite the thing. I love it. We, um... don't, we don't know that, but... <laughs> Well, I've it's been before, and it's generally been the case. They're, yeah, I've, it's been nice people. They might be, this year. They might the nice people might all be busy. I don't know, <laughs> but yeah. So the tickets are running low on Friday and Saturday, but Sunday is good. It's, so yeah, get in fast if you want Saturday, Friday, and Saturday, and then Sunday looks like you could definitely get in. So there you have it. All right, um, we're gonna say goodbye then, and uh, we'll talk to you next week. Bye. Love you. Bye. Ha 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 ha!